welcome to the Babel Screen. Uh, Tuesday, the 1st of September, and myself and Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. Um, we're back here for another episode of the Babel Screen. We're going to touch on the NBA playoffs, which is obviously still ongoing. Uh, round one still isn't finished because we've got two game sevens. The first tonight, which sees Utah Jazz take on the Denver Nuggets, which has been an unbelievable series. Um, we're going to touch on all that's happened so far. Uh, the Bucks coming on stuck against the Heat, which Steve said would happen. Uh, the Celtics beating the Raptors, which I called. We were two for two there. Um, <laughs> Chris uh, Chris Paul deciding last night that he wasn't going home and he's going to beat the Rockets, and that was just such an unbelievable uh, game. Uh, and then towards the end of the show, we're going to touch on the NFL, which is back very, very soon. We're going to do a little bit of a tiny preview on it, um, sort of touch on a little bit of fantasy picks and obviously talk about Steve's brilliant article, which he wrote on his Medium blog earlier this week. And I shared it. I'll share it again after this episode. The sports bill will be sharing it, so you'll have no excuse but to read it. Now, Steve, um, we say it all the time, and we just said it about two minutes ago off air. The NBA at the minute, there's no better sports league. Right. It's... It's just, it's just wild. It's just constantly full of storylines, um, and brilliant storylines and brilliant people. And before we touch on the basketball, uh, last week, uh, obviously everybody knows now, uh, the Miami Bucks or the Miami Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks decided enough was enough, and they went on strike. I know people called it a boycott, but it was a strike. That's the, the, they decided enough's enough. We're not going to compete in this tonight. Stuff needs to happen. Uh, it. It was maybe one of the most powerful moments in sports. It, 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 like, it stunned me it, because it was just so unexpected. There had been rumours that day that the Raptors and Celtics had kind of spoken about maybe doing something symbolic about postponing their game uh, to make a stand, but nobody was talking about the books. Even like the Orlando Magic didn't know what was going to happen. Um and that's what made it so powerful, like to 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 come out and actually say to to the public to say, look, basketball is not important. We need to have these awkward conversations, and it sparked that conversation. It it like people will say, well, it achieved nothing. Well, it did. Thirty NBA teams are now going to have, give their stadiums over to be voting centers in the November elections. Like that's a massive impact. It increases the number of people who can come in and vote in person because they're not going to be queuing for days as you know the system the Republicans have set up to deny African Americans votes is to make them queue and 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 vote in really small locations um and have and and give up hopefully so that they won't vote for whoever is running against the Republican candidate. And what we've seen now is the NBA where like the the owners are, you know, traditionally rich white dudes so would tend to vote on the side of the Republican Party but actually they're coming out and consistently backing their players um, now they need to they need to put their money where their mouth is and I think they have to the extent of, 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 of setting up you know voting information and, and getting that information across um, so I think it's going to be really interesting and I, I just I, I don't remember a moment in sports like it I was really surprised that it didn't lead every sports bulletin on this side of the pond the, the next day. It like it was kind of almost an afterthought. Like, but can you imagine like Manchester City deciding they weren't going to play their their first league game 
or or you know Leinster rugby deciding that they weren't going to turn up for a pro 14 fixture like it's a fundamentally powerful statement and it's the only weapon that that athletes have like Herb Bryant um the American author wrote a brilliant book called Full Dissident and it, it talks about how civil rights movements are essentially labor movements it's the idea of of you know you, the, the capitalists and the business owners have all the power and the only power that workers have and in this case the workers are the athletes is is the ability to withdraw their labor and there is no nba without players and that's what the player society is we can take this away from you you're not going to use the basketball sports wash what's happening you know jacob blake gets shot seven times in the back and people forget about when the new cycle moves on because the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Orlando Magic in the playoffs. That's what they decided wasn't going to happen. They were going to force people to have the conversation about Jacob Blake, to have a conversation with the dozens of unarmed black Americans who have been killed either by police officers or by vigilante white um, civilians. Backing of, yeah, terrorists with the backing of police officers. So I think I I don't remember as powerful a moment. Obviously, I wasn't around for like the Black Panthers um, salute in, in the Olympics, and I wasn't around for Jesse Owens. And, and even though I'm old, I'm not that old. So for me, it was it was the most powerful sporting moment of my lifetime. I honestly was blown away by. It. Yeah, we we were in um we were doing the football show, and uh, I think. I, I think Brenton spotted it and then Johnny spotted it on Twitter. So we were trying to do that and then it was all coming through him and then we were just uh, messaging each other off off air on the show to see what was going on and then you were messaging me as well and it was it was nuts and it, I spent like two or three hours that night lying in bed just reading posts and tweets and watching videos and you had um, so much was going on then and the next game was cancelled. I think it was the Rockets and Thunder and then Lakers and, and Trailblazers were cancelled and and then you had the talk the conversation, everyone was brought together, there was a meeting scheduled and the Bucks hadn't told anyone, so there's people within the NBA, including the the GOAT, the, the greatest ever, LeBron James, weren't happy with this because nothing was discussed. And, and I can understand that too, you were sort of caught off guard and, and he may want to be involved and different things. And and then and then you had you had Kenny from uh uh, TNT, um, what's our show called again? I was watching it last night too, the other night. Uh, you know, I don't. T- I watch the joke on ESPN so. yeah, Kenny Smith though. Is it? Kenny yeah. Smith, yeah, from the TNT NBA show, whatever it's called. I forget it. Sorry. Um, he just got up and walked off in solidarity with everyone, and then, and then word was coming through that they're having a vote, and and the Lakers and the Clippers, two of the three favorites to win the whole thing, they decided we're not playing anymore. Let's go home. And, yeah. And LeBron James was leading that, and so was Kawhi Leonard. And you're thinking, what is going on here? Like, and and then it emerged even more that basically, it, it this is that LeBron's at the front of this, and if LeBron decides we're going to play, we're going to play. And and someone pointed it out on another podcast. I think it might have been the No Dunks, or it might be one of the athletic ones I was listening to, maybe the NBA Athletic Show. That um, there's never been a more powerful athlete in sports. Yeah, like there's never been another athlete like like Michael Jordan fell out with people and he could have said this and he could have done that and he, he retired and he came back and he retired and he came back and it was big news it was big news I'm not taking anything away from that and, and whatever but he, he as 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 far as, as as a level 
he wasn't at LeBron's level. LeBron is LeBron is the face and in charge of what goes on in the NBA, and the fact that it runs through him and like players are waiting to see what he said. And what, mm. I, I just thought like, wow, the the power that man has, and he and he he is such a, an idol, LeBron to look up to, and and he stepped forward and he's done so much with it. the school he's got going. He drove the Lakers charge to get the um, Staples Center open for vote. He's, he's at the face out there. He's not backing away from anything. I, I just, I absolutely adore the man and I adore every single NBA player that has been getting involved. Like Jalen Brown from the Celtics. He's been amazing throughout the whole thing. Um, Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers was amazing at the start of the whole thing. I just I have so much admiration for all of them. They're just I've never loved the league as much now. Like, and, and part of it is just more like the culture of what these players are doing and how they're putting everything across. And it was an unbelievable moment that I'll never forget. And I, look, I, selfishly, I'm glad it's coming back. I'm glad they're still playing. I'm glad they're going to finish it. I think the bubble has been amazing. But um, what a moment. And a really good point made that like, it's not up to basketball players to solve this. They can only raise awareness and they can only help with the the voting and I think that's a really good point because I was I was actually surprised they came back and then when I heard that you know LeBron and Chris Paul had been on a call with Obama and he said no this is not your job you've done you've mm-hmm. done your now it's up to the owners and then once the owners make their move it's up to like the owners are friends with governors and with senators and with people like that they can make you know they can make those um um calls when when and if they need to um, but as much as like LeBron has been incredible, and I completely agree, he is the most powerful athlete we have ever seen, like without a doubt, like, and who has used his influence in in a most positive way. But I've been impressed with the likes of Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. who, in a basketball sense, like they aren't guys with like career, like they don't get me wrong, they're not broke, but they don't have the lifetime contracts with sports shoes companies. They don't have. The, the 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 supermax contracts just get in terms of like being set for life. Teams could still view them as a problem. Brands could still view them as a problem. But they said, "Fuck it, we don't care. Like we we need to make a stand. We're sick of seeing our fellow Black Americans being shot extrajudiciously, and you know, enough's enough." And that to me was was really 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 impressive. Um, and even like if you consider the fact that like you know, Giannis with the book, like, theoretically, he has no skin in this game. It's not his country. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not his president, but he still stood up and was counted. And, you know, he let the players around him speak for him. Um, and, and you know, you know, we spoke very, very briefly, I think, on the last time about George Hill and the books coming out and saying, you know, we shouldn't be here. We're, you know, we're covering up for, for the president by being here. And I think that kind of, we shouldn't be surprised it was the books that, you know, were the one, even though we are like, and, 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 and I think everyone was like, we really shouldn't have been surprised. Um, but yeah, like I, I think you're 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 right, and an absolutely massive moment, a, a massive week. But so often, so often, we felt like there's been watershed mo- moments, and things will change. And the sad fact is that unless people get out and vote, and vote in a Democrat, and vote in a number of Democrats in a row to just rid the country of the stain of the Rep- the Republican Party is a death cult. I mean, that's it's as simple as that. 
you only have to look at the fact that they're using the Twitter account of someone who died from COVID-19 in Herman Cain to tweet about how COVID-19 is not as big a threat as people are saying there. See how big a fucking death cult the Republican Party is. And that's, you know, is Joe, Joe Biden perfect? Absolutely not. Does Joe Biden have his own problems? Yes. As, you know, uh, Donald Trump called him a socialist today. He's literally a flies Mickey to the left of center. Like, he's no more a socialist than the man on the moon. But he's better than the fascist, racist president that's in place at the moment. And, and that's all that matters. Getting any right-minded American out to vote and vote for Joe Biden, Biden in November. And this is the start of that conversation. And that's what the players have achieved. And and look, you know, we might touch on it later. People talk about, I'll stick to sports, and people talk about the opposite argument then is that, well, sport doesn't matter. But sport has never, ever mattered more. And we're seeing that athletes are, re- are realising the power they have to spark these conversations and to spark action. And long may it continue, that's what I say. Oh, it's like, that line, stick to sports, um, um, I, sometimes I come across as a violent little uh, toad on, on podcasts because I have a little short temper, but I, I, I do never lift my hands. People don't want you to understand that. But I would smash someone's face in if they said that to my face. I think if I was talking about it and they said stick to sports or keep keep politics out of sports, sports and politics were made for each other. They're absolutely so, the most, two of the most perfect things matching in 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 the world they are absolutely perfect for each other um so th- this week was so powerful we saw the WNBA has been unbelievable throughout the whole thing um we saw Naomi yeah. Osaka uh, in the tennis uh boycott a day or two strike go and strike for a day or two we saw MLS games called off we saw ma- ba- baseball games being called off America's yeah pastime or whatever they call it that's up for debate but it being called off and we saw people on Jackie Robinson day as well and we saw people yeah. uh, call, and we saw the Dodgers get all in behind Mookie Betts and be like no Mookie if you want to do this we're going to do you know it was it was an absolutely unbelievable week it's such a powerful week when America has been in such a shit storm lately and, and long may it continue um, we we are going to talk about basketball, and you you mentioned Jamal Murray and how good he's been in Donovan Mitchell. So we'll, we'll talk about them first because they're playing very soon. Um, these two young youngsters uh, are having quite the bubble. Um, they're sort of having a score off to, to see who can score score the most in each game. Uh, Jamal Murray in his last three games, I think, has gone fifty, forty-one, and fifty. Uh, Donovan Mitchell hasn't been far behind him. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is averaging thirty-eight points per game. Uh, pardon me, in this playoff series, Jamal's 35 points per game. Both are around about 56-57% from the three-throw f- three line. Absolutely wild. Um, yeah. we've got to- like, and Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of the kind of the best playoff series I can remember. And I think it, we, we spoke very briefly about this last week about the fact that there's no travel. You know, um, these this this makes a difference. Like the fact that they don't, Utah and Denver don't have to travel. They don't have those overnight stays in, in weird hotels. They're well used to the bubble now. It's what's making for a much better series. Now, if you're the Toronto Raptors, you're fucking really annoyed that you don't have home court advantage. You're really annoyed the teams having to fly all the way up to Canada to play you. 
But for other teams, they're 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 taking advantage of this. I don't think we've seen a one-two players try to outscore. Well, I certainly can't remember a scenario where they where you have been. Like, I think you you were saying it's thirty-eight points a game. I think Mitchell himself is nearly forty-two points a game over the last three. Um, yeah. that was over six. Sorry, that was over the series. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and but like it just goes to show that like as as the games have gotten more important, he has stepped up. You know, it's not like he's scoring them all in early games that didn't matter. Like I think you and I, when we discussed this series last week, we kind of put the Jazz into the next round. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and so, you know, as right as we were about the the Celtics and Heat, you know, you can be wrong, and I didn't see this comeback coming. From Denver, I thought it was done. Mm. Um, but you have to look at, at, at the likes of Jamal Murray and, and Spider Mitchell and go to yourself. Like the league is in such a good place when yeah. LeBron goes, when Durant goes, and when Steph and Clay and all of those go. It's in such a good spot. Um that like you have you just have to take your hat off and just be excited about it. Like that's that's all you can feel about it. Um, the only thing I would say is Jamal Murray seems to trust the players around him more than Mitchell does. Um, I think, was it Rice O'Neal? I think he's only took three shots in the last game and he went one for three. And then Joe Inglis was like, I think he was one, one of four from the three point range. Like, if Murray is taking double teams, there's going to be another shooter on the perimeter that mm-hmm. he has to be ball to, and he's not getting he's not getting the ball to them now. Mitchell rarely takes a bad shot. He usually has the right if he if he doesn't have a good shot on, he usually has the right outlet pass. So that's fair. But I just think that that could be the deciding factor in this series. Is he's going to trust the other scorer more? Like I fully expect both of them to get over forty points. Um, tonight in the yeah tonight and well it, it'll be yesterday for people listening to this like so I have just made a prediction that could be horribly wrong but <laughs> in anticipation of the game I expect both players to score forty points but the key is who's who's going to get fifteen or eighteen points from another another player and who's going to get the third or fourth player in double digits as well because. That's to me like Murray and Mitchell is is just a, a free for all. It's what happens outside of that. Um, I still think the Jazz will do it. Um, I think rotation's going to matter. Um, I think the Jazz. I, I think I remember on the broadcast they said for the forty minutes he was on the court, they had a plus minus rating of of two, uh, and for the the eight minutes he was on the bench, it was minus fourteen. Like that's such a huge swing in, in in six minutes. Something kind of similar happened between between the books and Heat last night when when uh, Giannis was was off the court as well. So rotations really really matter. You know, I think the Ringer was it the Ringer or somewhere I was reading yesterday made a really good point. LeBron is the only athlete we know who does forty eight minute playoff games. Everyone else needs needs to rotate. We we know that. Um. Oh, sorry, I'm just reading the stat here. When Murray... Uh, yeah, Denver go from a net rating of plus 4.8 with Murray on the floor 
to a minus rating of 28.4 when he's off the floor. He needs like, to play as many he minutes needs as possible play, tonight. He needs to play 42 to 46 minutes tonight. Like, yeah. If he can. I don't know if he can. This is the thing. Like, he gets two fouls in the first quarter and they've no choice but to sit him. Like, you mm-hmm. just don't know. Like, we saw that with Giannis in, in, in the first game with the Heat. Like, he picked up two fouls early and had to manage him really carefully. So, there's going to be a lot at play. And, and, and I, like, I, we probably shouldn't spend too long discussing this because the game, like, the series will be over by the time people are hearing this. So, a lot of this is going to be, you know, we're either going to look like geniuses or fools and, and, and fully appreciate that. Like, you know, there's a very thin line between a genius and a fool. So, please keep that in mind. My prediction is going to be that the Jazz win it just about. Um, but I don't think I'd be too disappointed with whoever comes through this series. No, I, I'm exactly the same. I, I, I think both teams have shown that they, they both deserve to be going through that next round. And, and, and I'm glad that we're going to see at least one of these mad teams go through. Just on uh, help for... Donovan Mitchell. I was listening to the NBA, uh, the Athletic NBA podcast this morning, and or this afternoon, sorry. And Sam Amick was also was hosting this one. Uh, he's obviously in the bubble, covering it for the Athletic. And he was saying he was talking to Joe, Joe Ingles, um, or he was talking to Joe Ingles' agent, I think it might have been, or whatever. And they were saying that um, Joe had been saying he's actually struggling because when you finish the game. If if you, if it hasn't gone your way, you go home. You see your kids, see your wife. You know it's like you've a shit day at work, and you go home and you instantly see them. Everything washes off. Whereas he's just gone home to his room, in the bubble, and then he's thinking about it, and he's thinking about it, and he's thinking about it, and he hasn't been great, you know. Yeah. And you can usually rely on Joe Ingles to sink something, but he got five points in the last game, and he'll need to put an extra ten on that. Uh, tonight, they're saying that with a lot of the shooters that they're really, really struggling to get over games, and you're. I think it. Such a good point to make because normally you have to fly home, you can like unwind in the airport, you have a couple of beers, or like you say, you go home to your family, and you just mm-hmm. move on with the world. But if all you have to do is go back to your hotel room, you might play, you know, 2K, or, or you're going to watch game tape, you're going to watch the game back, and you're going to go, fuck, how did I miss that? Like that was an open tree. Um, you can see it is it Middleton for the books as well, it seems to be really struggling with kind of any sort of consistency. Um, especially with the deep ball, and I, I just wonder, I just wonder about like, how are we going to like contextualize this NBA title in in you know in history when because the scenario is so unique, but also part of me wants to see this every year. I would have this every year. Yeah, like I'm obviously, hopefully, we'll be in a situation that there'll be vaccines and we can have fans and all of that. But the idea of, 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 you know, some team not winning a playoff series because of travel or, or you know, that it, I, just, I just think it's, 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 it's so interesting to consider what this might mean for the future. It might mean nothing. This might be the only time we ever see it, of course. But it's, I think the fact that so many people are talking about, so many people that I know who aren't basketball fans are watching it now because it's so unique that I would love to kind of see what the appetite for continuing it is. And maybe there is no appetite, but you know, if you don't ask the questions, you'll never know the answer. No, I, you know, my view on this, I would 100% have this 
going for it. I think this is a brilliant um, situation to find themselves in. Obviously, you'd like you'd have families there. You wouldn't have the games beforehand to get into the playoffs. You might need to cut the series down to maybe five series or whatever, cut it that way to get through it so you're not there for months on end. But I definitely would have this. I think it's been brilliant. I have absolutely, and it's gone on to October, which I'm stupidly excited about. I've absolutely loved the bubble. I think it's been a, a, a success, and the NBA have the, 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 they've come out swinging here with this. Like I think it, across all the other leagues, like we've saw the struggles in baseball, and fuck knows what's going to happen when the NFL kicks off in a week or two, and they're traveling. But um, yeah, this game tonight, I'll I'll not see it unless Finn decides he's going to be up all night. So I'll not see it. I'll be watching. Well, the next one starts in about twenty minutes here tonight. But um, last night, Steve. Uh, yes was wild it was one of the best nights of basketball I've ever seen uh, you, saw, you saw the end of that game I saw the start of it <laughs> um, uh, and obviously I watched the Bucks Heat now I have a lot of thoughts on the Bucks Heat because I thought the Heat would win the game and I think the Heat will win the series uh-huh. but I'm absolutely disgusted by how Coach Bud managed the game but hold that we'll, we'll get into okay. that because that that's going to be more substantial we'll get into that like we'll get into that so um last night you just want to talk about, you just want to talk about okc just take course, it away of course yeah. i do like of course i do because um it, it's very hard being an oklahoma city thunder fan uh in county armagh because <laughs> because uh, yeah. you're you're on your own and uh, nobody gives a shit and when they when they traded uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook, everybody laughed at us, and they thought, "You're getting Chris Paul. He's ancient, and he's only going to stay there till about six weeks into the season. Then you're going to trade him off somewhere else." And Sam is Sam. Is it Sam West? What do you call her? Yeah, I think it is. He's going to trade um, everyone off. He's going to trade all these picks. You're a dumpster fire. Uh, you're going to sink. You're going to tank everything and just going to have a really shit season so it was hard to get up for this season as a Thunder fan uh, and then Chris Paul just decided nah actually I'm a leader I'm going to lead this youngish team I'm going to look after Shea uh, Gilgis Alexander I'm going to bring him through I'm going to look after Dennis Schroeder he's just completely changed Dennis Schroeder he's just com- he's turned him into such a player he's added a bit of nastiness a bit of leadership and then you draw the Rockets in the first round of the playoffs, who have Russell Westbrook and they also have James Harden. And we all know Chris Paul's old team and you're thinking, ah, oh, Lord, this is going to be uh, tough. And all season, under Chris Paul, the Thunder have not laid down. All season, they need to fight back. They've fought back. He has been clutch all season. And last night was, it'll go down as one of his best games, I reckon. He got 40 points, obviously, which is, that, that obviously adds a lot to it or whatever, but he was just unbelievable. And <laughs> there were so many moments as well where he would give people a stir or he would say something. Uh, you know, he, uh, God knows what he was saying, but you just know he was putting the dig in and Schroeder's yes. coming up with points. I'm yeah, they are slapped <laughs> after that uh, free throw. He was constantly at Dort. Yeah. G-ing him up and he said he'd ride, ride with Dort in the battle and he'd never leave him behind all before but like if you're imagine if you're Lou Dort and you hear Chris Paul say that before the game he's my guy I'll always back him you're just going to feel like um, 10 foot tall yeah and they came back last night now the Rockets have a lot to answer <laughs> because that was that Russell Russell West brick 
as um, the Trailblazers nicknamed him last season, he was he was horrendous. It was one of his worst games. And to be fair to Russell, he put his hands up afterwards. He said, "That's on me." Um, but yeah, but look, uh, you know what? Like it's on Harden. You you, you love Russell, right? So let's let's park that, right? We know that you mm-hmm. love him, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not good enough to say that that's on me. No, like, no. You you were brought in to this team to win a championship. That's what you were brought there for. Um, like last night, he had seven turnovers, missed both his free throws, and was minus nine. And at the most decisive moment of the game, he threw up two air balls. Didn't he <laughs> yeah. just miss? Like he missed. He missed the rim by a good. Foot and a half on one of the shots. Like <laughs> he actually looked that, like that I was, is, it was me trying to f- throw a three pointer. That is the equivalent of you or I missing the hoop by ten foot. Like, <laughs> do, you know, do you know the scene in a is it along came Polly where Philip Seymour Hoffman's playing the basketball and he yeah <laughs> and he goes air shot and just like boof <laughs> just misses by miles <laughs> like. I, I like so like so I don't buy the oh this is on me blah 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 I I don't buy that at all right because you're a professional this is your job you did your job well and look that that you know how I feel about Russ Westbrook and you know how I feel about James Harden James Harden played cowards basketball last night in the final stages of that game I sent you a clip today from Chris Vernon from the Ringers NBA, NBA show yeah. I thought I saw it. But I was like, I know you just hate James Harden. This is, you know, it's it's uh, what you call that? Um, uh, where where like you you believe something? So confirmation bias. There we go. Good thing I don't work with words for a living. Um, com- com- confirmation bias that you wanted James Harden to to fail, so you saw him failing. But he, I have never seen a playmaker. Someone who puts up the kind of stats that James Harden puts up when it doesn't matter, shrink and hide from the finale of a game. Like we, we might put the if we get a chance, put the clip out or retweet it from Chris Vernon's account maybe uh, later on to, to kind of highlight what what he did. You can see James Harden puts himself in a position where his teammates can't pass the ball to him. Mm-hmm. He's not looking for. He's not trying to create separation. He's not looking for space. He's not looking for the open tree. James Harden is a phenomenal basketball player. James Harden can hit free three or three point shots in his sleep, but he failed. He actively tried not to get the ball in his hands last night when it really came to. Oh, and, he hit. Yeah, he hit. That's that's the only word for it. And and to be honest, you know the Rockets deserve to lose. Like and and there's something there's something so like you said like. The fact two first round picks, Chris Paul one way, Russell Westbrook the other, and then you see what happened last night when when Russ was minus nine and and Paul was plus twenty with with forty points to his name. Like I I just felt that I don't need this show is way too short or way too short. Even though we're probably gonna run over an area, but it's way too short for me to get into my feelings on momentum. But. You know, it felt like after game five that this series was done for mm-hmm. OKC. That like that was such a statement game in game five that the Rockets would just move on. This was done. But now how how can you not pick OKC to go through now? Like you have to believe that they're the better team because 
it's all well and good being the Rockets and, and destroying everyone in the regular season. But if you keep going missing in the playoffs, you got to blow that whole thing up and start again because it's not working. Uh, it's, uh, we'll talk about this, what the Rockets do next when they inevitably go out, whether that's tomorrow night or in the second round if they can get through. But that is something that's going to be a hot topic across the NBA, what happens next for those guys if they don't win it this year. But just on that Harden clip, like I couldn't believe it. He, and I said it to you in WhatsApp. He's a he's a lazy shite at times. Like he, he really is. Like and like he he is one one of the certainly anyway the best scorers in the NBA. He's a stupidly talented man. Um, can decide a game whenever he wants. But for whatever reason, when it gets to crunch ga- games and playoffs, he just goes missing. And not, like it's hard for me, like. It's alright for me to say this when I'm sitting at home and uh, whatever, and I can't can hardly throw a basketball and can hardly dribble a basketball. For me to sit and say this, you know, as a sofa fan or an armchair fan, but when you're when you're at the elite level, you're supposed to bring this on. And we just talk about two young fellas in the yeah. last part of the show. There, they're standing up for their team. They're not hiding. You won't see Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray uh, hide from the ball if it's level with uh, thirty seconds to go. They'll be demanding the ball. Do you know what I mean? And that's another thing last night, and it's not me sticking up for Russell. He was demanding the ball, even though he shouldn't have been demanding the ball. And on the No Dunks podcast earlier, Lee Ellis, he said that that should have been Harden saying, nah, this is my team, Russell. Give me the ball and I'll score here. Uh, and he, as you're right, he just hit. It's almost like he, he grabbed the defender in to hide himself at times. It's really weird watching it. Um, That's one, like, I think we'll win. I don't want to put the scud on us, but I, I do think we'll win. I think Chris Paul will lead us over the line. I just think it's uh, he's going to decide it, and he's and he was the best player on the court last night out of the three of them. And, and I, I have a lot of time for him. Like I really love them at, at OKC. He, he's obviously come back, but he, he really took to it. And people did think he was going to throw it up and and demand a trade out. But he thought, no, I know what. This is a young team I can lead, and he's been perfect now. They'll play just, the Lakers next, so. <laughs> I know. Well, just really, really briefly, because we, we spoke about Luka Doncic and his place potentially kind of all time. Where does Chris Paul kind of sit? It, he's a weird one because he's not the first name that comes to mind ever, regardless of the conversation you're having. And yet he rarely, rarely lets you down. Yeah, it's because he hasn't won a championship. Uh, and you imagine Luka will. Um, or Luke will go very close, I'd, I'd imagine. Because Chris hasn't won a championship, it's harder where you put him. If you just put him in positions, you put him in point guard, like Jamal, uh, Morant was calling him the point guard last night, so do you know what I mean? It's, if, if he's down as a point guard, he's probably, he's in top 10 anyway, I think, in the NBA. Certainly, has to be. Like he, um, I don't know, if, if he takes a while, like, but if he takes OKC through this bubble, an NBA Finals, then you never know where he's gonna go. He sort of—I I reckon when when the, the two of them are finished, himself and Damian Lillard will be around the same bracket somewhere. And Russell Westbrook's won an MVP. Whether you agree with that or not, he might go higher. But really and truly, if you look down on talent-wise and different things, the three of them are all very similar. Yeah, I see them in the. I, I yeah, I see them around that same bracket as well. Like I think that's probably a fair a fair place to put them. You know, and I. Wasn't a fan of Russ's MVP award, to be honest. Um, but again, you know, my I know my bias is there. I don't like his style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
similar to James Harden. Um, but yeah, no, I think that I think that's fair, and I think if he if he gets them to the Western Conference Finals, I think that is a phenomenal achievement from mm-hmm. for Chris Paul, and, and it should be recognised. Um, the other game last night was wild, and at the minute, I think the team that won last night was obviously the Heat. I think they're the best team at the minute in the bubble. Um, I think if you threw them against the Lakers right now, the Lakers have LeBron James, obviously, and Anthony Davis, so you're always going to be like, eh, meh, meh, meh. but I just think, like, Dragic well, is, he, the dragon it, is alive, and he is fit he is, flames. Yeah. It's Jimmy a sports play, but Jimmy Butler is, players. I know, I know, no. I know, I know, but they, they And two, two of the best six players in the league are on one team. They yeah, have to be the yeah, favourites, yeah, regardless yeah, of what yeah. happens. But look what happened last year in the finals. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, fair. Absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. Right. Like, look, I need to get this off my mind. was took down. So. I, need, uh, I don't like to talk about it. Um, look, I, I, need, I, need, I need to talk about this because this has been annoying me since, since last night, right? <laughs> the worst thing that you can do as a coach or as a player or even just as a Joe Soap is not learn from your mistakes. If you and your partner are constantly fighting because you put the dishes in the dishwasher wrong and you keep doing it, of course she's going to divorce you, right? These things happen, right? So stop. But if you change your ways, if you learn from your mistakes and you adapt, then no one can criticize you. Last year, when in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Coach Bud decided that he was going to put, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Chris Middleton on Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi went 17 of 31 in 42 minutes against Middleton, right? For the seven minutes that Giannis was on him, he only made five of his field goals. So we move ahead, you think, okay, maybe we should use Giannis against the other team's best player when we're facing a hot player in a playoff game. Last night, Janice played against Jimmy Butler for 49 seconds. <laughs> right? Yes. Chris Middleton played against him for four minutes and two seconds when Butler scored five from five from the field. Oh. Um, and do you think Bud will change this? Absolutely not. He's no. going to do exact same thing again. Yeah. Actually, what he's probably going to do is put Wesley Matthews on him. Wesley Matthews actually did a decent job. I think Butler only had one field goal against Matthews, I think, when he was on him in the five minutes or so. But Chris Middleton is not the answer. Whatever the question is, Chris Middleton is not the answer in terms of, of defence, especially when Butler was coming off the dribble. He just could not stop that at all. Mm-hmm. And I just... Like, I was watching it going, this is exactly what happened with Kawhi last year. What are you doing? It was like, uh, when I watched the highlights this morning, it was, that's, that's, that's what I, I thought, like, I've seen this before. <laughs> and, yes. um, and that, like, my basketball understanding is only still relatively babyish. Like, I, I learn off you and what you, what you say and what, whatever. But I was watching that and I was thinking, no, I've seen the box do this before now. I've seen it very recently. And this is why I, I, they're, they're not... Regardless of whether they get through this series or not, they're not winning this thing. 
The no, Bucks are not winning this thing. If they get through to the finals and they play LeBron and AD, they're going to get smashed to pieces. Giannis yeah. might go off on one and certainly in, and whatever, and it'll be tight and it'll be an unbelievable game. We don't want to see Giannis against LeBron, but they're going to get done in. And, like, Jimmy Butler, I don't know what your opinion on him is. I absolutely love him. I, I just love Jimmy his Butler, I, abs- I, I love him. I think he's a fucking phenomenal. I really like watching him. And that's why I've, I said to you in the last round that I thought, like, I don't see how the books deal defensively with Butler. I thought that I, I he's coming in really, really hot. And I think the bubble is suiting him. The bubble, he's one of those players that's absolutely excelling because there's not the home court advantage for the other teams. There's not the pressure that you would normally feel. And I I think he's really, really, really benefiting, benefiting from it. Like, And, you know, but... You're always going to look good if they put a, a weak ass defender on you. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's he's physically he's physically stronger than every player that the books could put on him, except Giannis. So put fucking Giannis on him, like Jesus what, what, Christ! Like, what did you make of Giannis's comment to um, the question at the press conference when he was asked, "Did you not think basically, Giannis? Did you not sort of think maybe I should go and mark?" Jimmy Butler here and Janice answered back, Why would you ask me that? No. Yeah. And and like this isn't a dig at Janice. I love Janice. The Greek freak is brilliant. He's possibly going to be the face of the NBA for a little while until Luca obviously takes over. Um but when you win defensive player of the year, like and it's a, and I listen and that's the title you're given to when everyone's voted for you, you know, there's a reason you're given that. And I just sort of thought I watched it this morning and, and obviously I knew the result. I just sort of yeah. thought, talking to you as well, and, and tonight on different things, sort of thinking, he probably should have took that upon himself to try and shut Jimmy down a little bit more. Uh, he's he's the best player in that team, and, and look, don't get me wrong, it's not his. It's not, and he he answered it right. He says, "I just do what the coach tells me." So he, I think he probably feels that himself. But I think, like, I kind of agree. Okay, so this is again my bias showing because I like Janice. He's one of my favorite players. But I think that you can't freelance as a defender in the NBA. You have a set role. And if you're told, you know, this is your guy, he has to be your guy. You can't, like, you know, without doing a Bill Simmons and, and, and talking about my own experience playing, like, stupid basketball in school or whatever, like, the worst thing you could do is is kind of, think okay I think I can get that guy I'm going to step off my man here for a second because all you're doing is leaving an open man and what Butler does if he's smart is he he sends the outlet ball to the open man who's a much easier shot than trying to get past Giannis so in a way I feel sympathy for him but also he's a leader he needs to step up now and say look this is the exact same thing that happened last year the Raptor Nick Nurse said Nick Nurse last year saw what happened in the first two games and said we're putting Kawhi on Giannis. That's it. That's the way we're playing. It doesn't matter what we're sacrificing. We're putting our best defender on their best attacker. Um, and the Raptors won four games in a row. So I think the Bucks have to make that move. They have to make that transition. I don't know if they will, though, because how do you not learn from what happened last year? Like, mm. the Bucks could have absolutely be The Bucks could be... The, the, there's no reason why the Bucks should not be defending NBA champions. Mm-hmm. You know, they were as good last year as they are this year. And 
the one difference was that that coach board wasn't able to adapt in the playoffs and and it looks yeah, to me yeah. like he's still not adapting which is such a it's such a shame because the books kind of like every what's going to happen is say the heat sweep them in four or five you're going to get oh well this is what they get for bringing politics into sport and none of us want none of us want to see that no. at all like nobody wants to hear say, from the gammons Exactly, yeah, exactly. So I hope they turn it around. I still think the Heat will win the series regardless. I just hope it goes I just hope it goes to seven or six, you know, that it's not a, a four or five game series mm-hmm. at all. Um but if they don't if they don't adjust, Jimmy Butler's just gonna keep killing them. Yeah, and he's gonna march straight through the finals appearance and everyone in Minnesota and Chicago and Philadelphia are gonna lose their shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, we've talked a lot about basketball tonight, and, and I'm conscious that I also want to chat about the NFL. Uh, so yeah. the Celtics did beat the Raptors in Game One, and uh, we both sort of had a feeling that was going to happen. We'll touch on that series next week and whatever's going on there. Um, but let's let's move on and chat about the NFL because it, it's well, combat. Really oh, sorry, before we do, yeah. Are the Lakers still going to win the NBA title? Because that's what we kind of decided last week. Have you seen anything that has changed in mind on that? I just, I just would not. I just would watch the heat. I just would. Just would I just would would keep an eye on the heat, everyone. Um, I just have an inkling that they're that, look. If it's a Heat Lakers final, we're in for a treat. I think. I I I think there's so many storylines there as well that I just would. I it it's almost too perfect that it would be a Lakers Heat um final. I, I still the Lakers are just taking care of business. As I said, they've two of the six best players in the league and it's a five player sport. It gives them such an inherent advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, they're getting rest now. They, when other teams are, are having to play seven game series and that has to be a benefit. Um we saw yep. like the Heat the Heat had a week off before last night's game. Yeah. In the yeah. playoffs, that's unheard of, mm-hmm. and it's huge. And I think LeBron are Le- LeBron and Anthony Davis and and the rest of that Heat are LA Lakers team are just it's just set up for them, and 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 that's boring and it's safe. But I've seen nothing to change my mind. They actually remind me of, um, do you know, Recently, there when Real Madrid were on that rampage of just winning the European Cup three years in a row with Ronaldo and and Ramos and Bale and Benzema, yeah. they remind me of that. Like Real Madrid would do nothing at times and it just looked like they're just going through the motions. And then when it really mattered, boom, 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 boom. Trust me, and it was like I was on the end of it in Kiev as a yeah. Liverpool fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they just went bang, 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 and through the gears they went, and that was it. And I do get that. I just the heat, mate. The heat. I think the heat will be there. That's. I, I think it'll be Heat Lakers. At the minute, I think it'll be Le- Heat and Lakers finals, um, and that'll be wild. Um, yes, so we will chat now about the NFL because Stephen, it is back very, very soon. It is, um, and as someone who has Sky, I'm delighted because Sky has a full NFL channel now, which I think it starts tomorrow. Is it? Uh, it's very soon yeah. anyway. Um, so you've done your preview on your yes. Medium blog, um, obviously you've done your own take on a preview. Uh, it's it's a brilliant. I, I'm not I'm not just being biased. I'm just saying it's brilliant, and everyone should go and read it. And, and we'll post another link for that from the Sports Bubble uh, later on this week as well. Now, uh, if you want to let everyone know sort of what 
the thought process was with the blog without giving away too much and then we'll touch on oh. your picks some of your picks and some of the teams you think are. I noticed Stephen you haven't really tipped us the Raiders to win the Super Bowl which was uh, yeah bit, I know that bit, was it's a bit chappy. disheartening <laughs> Um, I I would be reluctant to advise anyone to bet on the Raiders winning the Super Bowl. I have to say, um, but yeah, I I had no intention of of writing an NFL preview, and then a kind of an idea came into my head, and and there's no point in in trying to explain how my brain works, but it kind of connected two or three different things. And I was like, do you know what? Like, if you'd have, if you'd have asked me a month ago, I would have said there would have been no NFL because I, I didn't think they'd be able to control the coronavirus in camp. I didn't think, I thought all these things. And look, the season may still not finish. And I think that's a real, people need to be aware that like as good as a job as the NFL is doing right now in terms of con- containing the coronavirus, no team has played a game yet. No team has had to go to an airport and get on a plane and travel to another city yet. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and see. Until, like We saw what happened. Baseball did a great job in training camp. And then what happened when the season started, the games were cancelled left, right and centre. So let's just wait and see in, term, in terms of that. But the idea was something I've kind of touched on already, which is is that like the headline of the piece is the year the NFL matters the least, it matters the most. And that's because for as 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 strong and as powerful as the WNBA has been, as impactful as the Milwaukee Bucks action last week was, the NBA blows them all away in terms of popularity. It's three times as popular. People's weekends are dictated by football in a way that no other sport can do. And so the NBA and the NBA players, especially considering the three of the top five players in the entire league, uh, top five, sorry, three of the top five quarterbacks in the league are black Americans, have a chance to make a statement now that they've never had a chance before. And that's why I think football is important. So the way I wrote my preview was to try and show that football is important, but it's not the most important thing. And... I don't want to like it's not it's not hiding anything, but basically, I ahead of each preview, the opening paragraph was a different Black American who had been killed extrajudiciously by the police in various parts of the U.S. Mm-hmm. The likes of Eric Garner, of Michael Brown, of Tamir Rice, of Alton Sterling, of Philando Steele, of Stephen Clark, of Brianna Taylor, and of George Floyd. You know, they're just eight names, like for eight divisions. Um, and I just thought, like, yes, yeah, like football is going to happen, so I have to preview it because that's kind of what people know. Me. It's the reason I'm on this podcast because people like to hear what I have to say about football but let's not lose sight of what football could do and let's always say these people's names let's always remember what happened to them and the fact that in very 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 few of those cases anyone has seen jail time or anyone has been prosecuted or lost their jobs and football is important this is important as well and I just tried to get that across and and the plan for the re- the plan for the year is I had no intention of, of writing a weekly preview, but I think I'm going to do a weekly preview of yes. um, 
yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm saying that now, but like you know, babies might decide <laughs> might decide differently. Mm-hmm. But a, a weekly preview where, as well as the previewing the football, highlighting a different social issue that we probably should be paying more attention to as well. Um, I don't know what that will look like. I, I've no clue. Uh, it's probably going to be on my medium blog. There's a chance it might be appearing somewhere. I don't want to put a. I don't want to jinx that just yet, but no, don't, there's, don't a small, jinx. There, there's, a, there's a small chance it could be appearing in other places too. But it's, I, can, I can't do much, but I can write and I can raise awareness of things. And that's the idea. And like sport is important and politics is important. And, and, and this is the intersection of where we can kind of get people having difficult and uncomfortable conversations long after they're tired. That, that's the point they made in the piece. Like these are exhausting conversations. We don't want to have. We don't want our Twitter feeds filled with, with grief and with sadness and with anger all the time. But that's the world. That's the state of the world. And 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 we should be angry and we should be sad. And if my preview can and make you feel all those things, but also inform you as to what might you should be looking out for this weekend, then why not try and do both? Yeah, like. I... I'll never do it justice because you're better with words than me. Like, but I enjoyed it is the wrong word I'm trying to get across because obviously the issues that were being raised and and um, the when you're talking about Eric, Eric, uh, I keep forgetting his name. It's so bad, Eric. Uh, I know, yeah. Um, I, and you have to read. I can't breathe eleven times like he had to. Like, it takes a long. I take a long time and long to think. Um, it's quite powerful and I thought it was brilliant and it really led into it um, and then the previews obviously grew too like uh, some interesting picks I know um, one of <laughs> a follower of both of ours and I think you've been on his podcast as well Paddy Pigskin uh, oh yeah the, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills boy oh um, uh, I know Paddy Paddy is a Giants fan um, Bulls area I you're thinking right? Bulls yeah. area sorry yeah yeah um, he uh, <laughs> he obviously enjoyed enjoyed it, and he he wants to know. Uh, we got a question as well. He wants to know how many games will teams have to play this year <laughs> before the Bills and the Super Bowl win isn't accompanied by an asterisk. Uh, we'd have to have twelve regular season games for everyone. I think. Yeah. Otherwise, I was going to say. Bad. I was going to say. I was going to say eight. Yeah. I think you've got three eight but, like, full weeks. And I'd be like, well, oh, fair enough. Yeah, but something like you know, like the Patriots never played before December, and 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 you know, twelve weeks we're not almost up at that stage or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's hard to know. Like, I think if if it's like the 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 serious answer is if we don't play sixteen regular season games, then there's going to be an asterisk beside whoever wins it. Yeah. Um, but I would also imagine that if we don't play sixteen regular season games, there probably won't be a Super Bowl winner anyway. So the, the conversation doesn't matter. Um, but I like the the Bills are the best team in the worst division, um, <laughs> and like no, but they, it just is. It's it's an absolute dumpster fire um, outside of 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 some of what New England could do, and the the Bills are by far the best team in it. Um, the Jets and Dolphins are so far away from competing; it, it's it's not even funny. Um, and the Patriots lost basically every single member of their starting defense from last year. 
um, by by the looks of it. So, I, I and of course they lost Tom Brady as quarterback, which is huge as well. Um, <laughs> I was wondering why you were going. There. I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, he's also forty-two years of age. I mean, like, how overrated? Yeah, definitely overrated. Definitely overrated. No, but like, so the Bills, the Bills will get to the dance. It, it's whether they've got the moves when they get there is a different matter entirely. And I, if the Patriots win this, I'm not watching it for a season. I'm, I'm no, just... look, there's more chance of the Patriots drafting Trevor Lawrence next season, number one overall, than there is of them winning the Super Bowl. Um, who who's going to be the worst team in the in in the NFL this season, Steve? Oh, it's not even close. It's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> it's um, it's not even close. They had a big night yesterday. They they had a they had a big they they had a they had a big day. Um, like Fernet. Um, I don't know if they know this, but Fernet's quite he's quite good at what he does. What's going on there? Do you know what what's like? You probably read into it more than I have. So I don't haven't seen much today, or I haven't paid I haven't paid enough attention to what's going on today. Like, but that just doesn't. It just feels very stupid. It's well, look. First of all, this is what happens when you draft and running back at number three overall, um, which you should never do. Um, so that was the first mistake. Leonard Fournette is a good player. Problem with Leonard Fournette is if you need a yard, as the, the the quote goes, if you need a yard, he'll get you three yards. If you need five yards, he'll get you three yards. So <laughs> that, that is the issue with Leonard Fournette. Um, as a as a franchise, you know, they had they had a legit Super Bowl window. You know, they came within a half of beating the Patriots and I came within a half of having to get a face tattoo of Blake Bortles because of a bet I put on that season. Um, but they're just a badly run franchise um, and they're suffering for it now and rightly so. Um, but the thing about the NFL and the beauty about the NFL is really bad teams can become really good really quickly because, you know, Trevor Lawrence is available as the number one overall pick next year. The Jags start the season 0-4 or 0-6, say, they should be doing everything in their power to get Lawrence um, and, and yeah. to try and build from there. Um, they got a good deal for Nguakwe. I mean, um, better than I probably thought they would have got. I mean, they were looking for a number 14 overall pick from the Raiders and, like, I'm, or sorry, number 12 overall pick from the Raiders and I was delighted the Raiders didn't give it up because he's a good player, but he's not that good. Um. The only team who might run them close are the Carolina Panthers, I think. But other than that, I think it's fairly... And like the reports coming out of the Jets training camp where they are cannot move the ball up and down the field are constantly having interceptions and fumbles. So it's between those three. But for me, the, the, the Jags are the clear front runners to be the, the number one overall pick at the end of the season. No, oh, I think we have a few Jaguar fans listening to this as well too. That'll be uh, that'll be nice for them on, on a Wednesday afternoon. Every one of them because they all come at the Raiders all the time when <laughs> Raiders fans don't even think about Jags. And I don't know why the Jags have Raiders in their heads all the time. And, and I don't understand it at all. But like, 
know that I never think about Jacksonville Jaguars unless I absolutely <laughs> unless you have to. <laughs> um, I'm obviously doing the fantasy league this year. Um, uh, with the league as it's called. Um, I, I've no, I, I don't think I'll win. I've no aspirations really. I don't really care if I win it. But part of the reason I'm doing it is because my, my first ever best friend uh, runs it. Um, we were best friends in primary school, and he runs it. So it's good crack to get to chat to him again and see him. So, um. If you were doing it, uh, um, who would be your top five you would go for? Don't don't <laughs> give away don't give away strategies. Don't give away any of that there, and I'm because I know um, uh, Biff in there. Be, he, he's he's listening in to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, so don't we give, don't we give away no strategies? But uh, if you were picking, maybe not top five, top three. If you're making a list, who are you going for? Okay, if I'm if I have my choice of any player in the draft, it's Christian McCaffrey, and it's not even close. And I know I spoke about the the Panthers being one of the worst teams in the league, but fantasy doesn't care because people stack up yards. What's happened? The, what's going to happen is the Panthers are going to play loads of games where they're being blown out by other teams, and McCaffrey is going to stack up the 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 yards and the touchdowns in garbage time against second string players. So for me. Christian McCaffrey, quite comfortably the number one overall pick. Um, that's running back. In terms of receiver, I probably have to look at Michael Thomas. I know he's got a 41-year-old quarterback in Drew Brees, but he's absolutely the number one weapon nice. for, yeah, for Drew Brees. Um. There's an argument for Tyree Kill, but I refuse to draft him because of what he did. In his I'm not, not be drafting him. Nope. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a no pricks uh, rule with my fantasy football teams. Um, but yeah, Michael Thomas seems like the 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 right choice. I wouldn't be drafting a tight end before like round seven, and I I, I know you've got the likes of Travis Kelsey and you've got George Kill, but I I just don't think I'd be Unless you can get them, if you're drafting, say, 11 or 12 in a 12-team draft, maybe you'd consider a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey as the 11th or 12th pick. But after that, say, Mark Andrews or the, the Ravens way down in, like, rounds four, five, six. Um, quarterback, you don't draft them early, even if it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, you wouldn't be drafting Mahomes as good as he is. You wouldn't be drafting him before round three, I think. Uh, someone's going to, but the thing is, someone's going to pull the trigger on him in round one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the numbers just don't add up to draft a quarterback that early. You're better off going going after um, uh, running backs and 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 receivers in those early kind of early kind of rounds. So that's kind of where I'd be landing. Like, I if if it was me and say I'd the I had the number one overall. Oh, Jesus, my phone fell over there. I have no idea why. Um, hopefully, you can edit that bit out. Um, for me, <laughs> no, I'm leaving it. Say I was, yeah, yeah. So, say I was, um, I was drafting number one overall, for example. So, I'm drafting first in round one and then 12th in round two. I'm probably drafting Christian McCaffrey and Julio, or actually, Chris Godwin, probably in Tampa Bay. Would probably be my second choice, um, because I think he's going to have a season with Tom Brady there at quarterback. 
Um, and then round three, I'm drafting. I'm drafting uh, first overall again. If a Kittle or a Travis Kelsey are there, I don't know if they will be, but if they're there, I, that's when I take up my my um, my tight end. But if not, I'm probably looking at someone like Joe Mixon from the Bengals. But again, he'd fail my no pricks rule, so he's out. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire may not be there. Um, but yeah, so I'd probably go running back, receiver, running back, running back, quarterback in that order, probably if I was drafting, say, number one overall. But then, weirdly, if I was drafting, say, six, I'd probably have a very, very different strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I know. Like I said, I wasn't going to talk about the zero RB strategy, but I think it's actually worth talking about. Like, so obviously, as the name suggests, zero RB is the people who don't draft running backs in the early rounds. They load up on wide receivers, tight ends, and even quarterbacks, and then they eventually. Um, it's if you're drafting in like the middle round, so you don't get the elite. You're probably not going to get the elite. Um, running backs and it's too early to take delete receivers mm-hmm. um, or it theoretically it's too early to take delete receivers but what you do is you go after the you go after the best receivers and then in the middle rounds in say rounds five six and seven that's when you you, you get your running back so you go after your kareem hunts with the cleveland browns again someone who fails to no picks rule but ronald jones they buccaneers you go with someone who you know is going to share the backfield, like Matt Breida or Tevin Coleman, even Adrian Peterson. Um, but I also have a rule where I don't draft players who play for the Washington football team. So as you can see, there's like, I limit myself to the amount of players that I can actually draft. I don't know how much I'm helping you here with your draft strategy because I have so many rules in place. Um, Last year, for example, in one league, I only drafted black players, which made picking a kicker really difficult, even a tight end really difficult as well. Um, because I was trying to make a point about how the, you know, 80% of the league are are, are African-American, but only, you know, two coaches are, are black. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just trying to point out the kind of disparity there. In, in, and you should, like, I've I've picked cap in the first round of drafts before even though i knew he wasn't going to play to make like you can do a lot like fantasy football doesn't just have to be fantasy football it can you can make points with what you're doing as well and i think i'd much rather win with a team of players that i actually liked than picking say tyree kill and joe mixon and kareem hunt even though i know they'll do well for me um yeah, yeah so yeah, I, I personally like the the easiest place to the easiest place to draft is obviously one, two, and three overall. Um, but I actually like picking in the middle of the draft because I like taking the uh, the R, the zero RB um, approach. And to be honest, last year I when I drafted with zero running back strategy, I finished. First, second, second, and fourth in you know four different fantasy leagues I was in, um, and I think it 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 just it gives you it just gives you a chance. Now I was lucky because like nobody was high on say Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, 
So I got him in round four or something in, in one of the leagues, round three in another league, where he should have absolutely been a round one or two pick. Um, and that I won't get that lucky this year. I need to find that running back this year and stuff like that. But I I think if if you're if you're picking outside the top three, zero RB is absolutely the way to go. And I I think more more fancy players should absolutely do it. Well, when I, I think the draft is this Saturday, um, so it's certainly something I'll be ta- chatting the offer about a lot and getting a pick for. It. I, as I said, I'm not really. I'm not 100 bothered about winning it. I just want to have a bit of crack, and I I find as well fancy sort of helps me understand things a bit more better and and get to know more players. So, um, I'm really looking forward to it, uh, and it'll be an update we'll do throughout the podcast. I'll let you all know how we're getting on. I know people that um are in the group, the league, do listen to the podcast, and thanks everyone for listening, and and hopefully everyone else in the group starts listening to it now when they realise we're talking about it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be. See how you're getting on every week. Yeah, hopefully I get on quite well. I wouldn't mind winning it, but um, the NFL is back very, very soon. Are you excited, Steve, just to finish off the pod? Are you, are you, or are you sort of apprehensive? Um, No, I'm definitely not excited. That wouldn't be the word. I'm interested. I'm interested in see where the, the player power goes. I'm interested to see what happens with COVID. I'm interested in seeing how the Raiders get on in, in Las Vegas. I think of all the years for the Raiders to move to Vegas, this is perfect because there's not the distractions that you would normally have. Um, but I think there's so many, there's so, like we haven't, and I, I touched on them in my preview and stuff. There's so many storylines that we probably will talk a bit more about next week ahead of this mm-hmm. season. Tom Brady moving to Tampa and, you know, th- is this the end of the Patriots and all of those things that are, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in the season, but I don't think I can say I'm excited for it because I just don't know what's in store. I don't know if we'll have a full season. My gut is we still won't. I hope I'm wrong, but my gut is that we won't. Um, and that's going to be very weird because, you know, my Sundays from September to January are kind of penciled in for football. Um, both watching football and training football and, and writing about football. And it'll be very weird if that's not the case. Um, but, yeah, like, look, it's... I love basketball and we've spoken about how much we both love basketball. But for me, it's, it's football. It, football is I, yeah. I love watching I love watching the 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 chess match that goes into it and none of that has changed. It's just there's lots of added storylines outside of what happens over the four hours of the game um this year. And that's going to be new, but I don't know necessarily if it'll be bad. I'm actually just seeing on my Twitter feed that they're going to paint all the re- all the end zones with end racism. And oh, wow. it's just but like, it's just such an empty statement. Like, mm. you literally kicked the guy out of the league for protesting against systematic racism, and now you're writing end racism in the end zone and think that, you know, that's enough. And and like compared to what the NBA is doing, that's nowhere nearly enough. Yeah. Um, that, that has to be like, yeah. It's hopefully, it's just the start. Like, yeah. yeah, like the when when George Floyd was killed. The Raiders come out with a really strong statement saying we have to end police brutality. 
Um, when Jacob Blake was starting the back, the Ravens came out um, this week with a really, really like action plan of what we can do. All of those things are good and they're just a start. They're just two of 32 teams. It needs to get better. Um, but I think it will. And I think that's the thing I'm looking forward to most is seeing how athletes in the NFL use their voice, how the Raiders get on this season because I think it's the last chance to do for Derek Carr. I think that's going to be really fascinating to watch. I'm a big Carr fan. I think he, he finally has weapons for the first time since 2016. And I think in the John Gruden offense, they could surprise a lot of people. And I think we have a chance for the first time in like, like two, de- it's two decades since the team defended the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and if anyone can do it, it's going to be the, the Kansas City Chiefs because we don't know what um, the Chiefs can achieve this year. We don't know um, what Patrick Mahomes' limits are as a player. I just don't know if he has any. I really, I would not be surprised if this is the year we see our first behind the back. Um, pass from a quarterback in an NFL oh. game and I would absolutely not be stunned if it was Patrick Mahomes who did that so that's there's lots to look out for so maybe I am excited about it maybe I'm just it's been a long day and I, I'm not I don't do like as people probably who've listened to this podcast and other mm. podcasts I don't really do excitement but like trust me on the inside I'm like a swan like uh, underneath the water the, the feet are going 90 here like <laughs> <laughs> That's one of Sarah's favorite uh, sayings as well. <laughs> um, I, I I I'm looking forward to it because it just means more sports on, <laughs> so I can watch more and get stuck in the more. And I'm looking forward to reading more of your previews and and us talking uh, doing a full season. Um, something I'm very excited about a full season, hopefully, of an NFL podcast. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it'll, it'll be exciting on that front to see how teams get on. I think when we we are um. On top of our podcast, um, Media Corporation, in 10 years' time, and we're, we're all directors, we'll be looking back at a period of where the, the Chiefs dominated. For and they, they, they had a dynasty. I think that, that's coming. I know it's easy to say, and it's very, it's very like sort of, uh, what's, the, what's the tabloid punditry to say so a statement like that there, but I just look at them. I just look at what he did last year and what he was doing the year before that. Tom Brady's gone. It's, it's still there, but he's not. He's not there anymore. Uh, he's going to take over the man. I just Andy Reid's finally got one. I think he's going to be getting another one yeah. and another one. And I think they'll have maybe they'll add two or three to the, the two or three more on the, the Chiefs record, and and we'll be able to talk back and say what a team that was. The only, the only, the I think you're, I think you're dead right, and I think they've as good a chance, they've the best chance of any team since the Patriots to create that dynasty. The problem is that the second best team in the NFL is also in the AFC and the Baltimore Ravens are going to give them a really good run for their money every mm. single year. Um, and I think they'd be much better off. Like for the Patriots, what benefited them was they just dominated the AFC East. So they almost had a place in the Super Bowl guaranteed every season. The, the the Chiefs and Ravens, both the Chiefs and Ravens don't have that because they have to play each other um, before they get to the Super Bowl. Now, I think the 49ers are good. I think the Seahawks are good, but they're not in the Ravens and, 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 and Chiefs class. And I think, I think you're right. I think we're going to... I, now, 
that said, like I love the Chiefs. I think they're no, no. Sorry, I hate the Chiefs because they're in the Raiders division. But I love what they do in terms of it. Basically, it's all offense. They don't you score forty points, we'll score forty two. I love that approach. Like, I don't think giving a sixty two year old coach a six year contract is the smartest idea in the world. Mm. Um, now it doesn't count against salary cap, so it's not going to affect them that way. But they are a team who are struggling or will struggle next year and beyond with salary cap. So money may be tight um, for them in the future. Um, and also 62 and six years, it's, it's asking a lot of Andy Reid, but it might be just rewarding him for what he achieved last year. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not saying Andy Reid's going to die or anything, I should say. I just mean, he, does, he, does he want to coach at 65? Um, but um, yeah, can can the Chiefs have a dynasty? Yes, absolutely. Will they? Mm, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I football is supposed to be cyclical. Um, the Patriots have been the apparition to that. Um, I apparition is not the right word there. I don't know why I said apparition. Um, but yeah, I. I, in the words of Mulder Scully or Fox Mulder, Jesus Christ, I can't even get anything right soon. In the words of Fox Mulder, I want to believe that a team can come and, and dominate and create a dynasty. I just don't know if they will. And that's... <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that episode of, of X Files recently. Well, yeah, we'll see. It, it is interesting that, that the Ravens are still there. The, the dynasty might be that it's. Chiefs, Ravens, Chiefs, Ravens. For yeah, two, and, two, and three like, seasons, and, and and then we have like a, a Lakers Celtics thing where we're looking back on a thirty v thirty in in thirty years time, and they're like, "Oh, do you remember that? That was unreal." Um, yeah, but yeah, it's the sad news for Ra- Raiders fans because I'd like to think that we could make a breakthrough some at some stage, but you know, yeah, we'll need a new quarterback. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, yes, that will do us for this week uh, on the Babel screen, folks. You'll notice as well next week there'll be a couple of new changes onto the intro to it because I'm, I'm working on that um, over the next course of the week. So it is still the same one. I know we changed the, the sports Babel one and uh, people want to know what was going on because just me shouting Don Raul Jimenez as soon as it starts. Um, that was good work from Brenton. But yes, uh, as always, Steve, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I love this. I love that we're doing this and long may it continue. Um, the NBA bubble is still ongoing. The NFL is coming back. Uh, we haven't touched on it, but the MLB is still going and rocking. WNBA is flying. So there's so much going on in American sports right now and this is your American sports podcast. We will try and cover as much as we can. As always, catch all of our podcasts across all of your apps. Just look for the Sports Babble. I use Spotify. It's very simple. Um, and catch us on social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook um, at the Sports Babble. See you all again next week, folks, and good luck. Bye.